1: Welcome to another episode of the Covenant Community Kids Podcast. I'm Genevieve Jones, and I am Jackie Jones, and And our our (laughs) guest—we're both so excited to introduce her, (laughs) uh, Rachel Montgomery. Yes. Oh my gosh. Hi. Thank you for being here.
0: Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm really excited to talk to you. Yes. Thank you for inviting me.
1: Before we started recording, you said that your kids have been doing a Marvel movie marathon, and I just have a few follow-up questions. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Is this like their first introduction to the Marvel universe?
0: No, this is round two. Um, Right after the pandemic started, we, we were going through them oh my goodness, Mosey was seven (laughs) and Joey was nine. They were so little. And I, I mean, I kind of had second thoughts about starting that young, Mm -hmm. but it's too late. And now we're going (laughs) two years later, going through it again, the second summer.
1: (laughs) That's really cool. That just seems to me like one of those things that you think about when you grow up. You know, like, oh, there was that summer we had the Marvel Movie Marathon. I don't know. I just think that's so cool. Mm -hmm. That's very sweet. I'm really glad you put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) A lot of screen time. Yeah. Well, you know, lack of screen time is overrated. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I felt that way with uh, Lord of the Rings. I think that was a big kid thing was... uh, was like just being super into to lord of the rings and then our family got into harry potter but not everybody did but yeah we grew up and like just looking back on like watching all those movies they were so good and it was like a fantasy world that you could escape to right yeah
0: (laughs) it was a lot of violence but it was like it was beautiful Mm -hmm. i mean new zealand Mm -hmm. oh gosh right we actually watched the extended editions when we all got COVID oh, oh, over Thanksgiving. Wow. So, yeah, They've seen those. Yeah. Oh, my oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> you both remember the Orlando Bloom craze? Oh yeah, vividly. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, I didn't need to say anything else. <laughs> it was... Oh, that mm, was intense. That was yeah. <laughs> Still, anyway, <laughs> thank you. Just wanted to cleared that up. Yeah. Uh, I know those are important <laughs> things to go over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yes, we're setting the scene, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Landmarks in our common history. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, mm-hmm. do you mind um, like introducing a little bit about how it is you came to be here today? Um, Sure. I, well,
0: I went to Huron Valley for many years. Um, that's like the community grade school. Um and I was actually in eighth grade when it became a Catholic school. Mm-hmm. Okay. But um I don't know if they ever got uniforms or anything, but we didn't have to wear uniforms. Um and that was interesting because they added in the mass. That was not something Holy. we had done before, oh, yeah. but then we had weekly mass after it became a Catholic school. Um and I also did like those Pine Hill camps for girls. Um, and I mean, my parents have always been a big part of Christ the King. Like we actually moved to Ipsy from Royal Oak because my parents wanted to join the community. Oh wow. I think I was like wow. one year old or something when that happened. Um, so I've just like grown up here, um, like kind of um not very involved in like the community gatherings or anything Mm -hmm. i think i remember going to them a couple of times when i was very young but for the most part it was like very involved in the church that my parents were at and then the grade school and also um i went to father gabriel shard high school Mm So I realized or learned from one of your podcasts that, (laughs) Oh, there's actually a lot of community connection there too. Interesting. Um, who knew? And I mean, I guess like in general, I think my whole experience of being part of community has been like fairly positive. Um, I've, I was kind of on, Oh, you know what? I actually was kind of involved in college too. I forgot about that. Mm -hmm. I went to, um, I was in uco okay at grand valley oh there was like a grand yeah, rapids yeah. and actually that was like it became kind of like a really big support system um after i met my husband and we were dating and then got engaged and one of our or our um our, our sponsor couple who kind of helped us with the marriage prep was from the grand rapids community there oh, and okay. they are they're so wonderful i love them so Aww. much we haven't seen them in a couple of years but um that was like a really also a really supportive relationship and just community and actually when we moved back to ipsy when i was pregnant with our oldest um we just like stopped being involved in community at all because we like didn't really feel connected to anybody in the ann arbor community mm-hmm. didn't really feel welcome didn't really know like mm-hmm. how to get involved and we were kind of in that like weird stage where we're like we weren't in college anymore but we just graduated and we were not single because we got married while we were in college Yeah, and I was about to have a baby. And so suddenly we're like jumping into this different life stage wow. immediately after college. And I didn't really know how to get involved in the community there mm-hmm. uh, in Ann Arbor. Um, so I didn't, but I mean, we had other friends in the area that I've known kind of through community. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, like my best friend, one of my best friends, um, she moved to the west side of the state, but we were pregnant at the same time, and um, we kind of, we you know, we raised our kids. We were teachers together. Um, we went to the same school, taught at the same school, wow. and, like, so a lot when our kids were very young <laughs> um, together. But, like, I've known her, so, like, I don't remember meeting her, and her parents <laughs> are, were in the community, <laughs> um, and that's kind of like we were in that neighborhood, um, kind of off Ellsworth mm-hmm. in Hewitt. Mm-hmm. I think that was like the other community neighborhood yep. where a bunch of people lived there that we knew. Um, yeah, so I I mean, I knew her through that. And so like, I've known this woman for over 30 years, Wow. Just crazy. Yeah. Um. And like, it's so interesting because like the relationships I have, I think that came because of community are like decades old. Like I have other friends I met at Here in Valley, one of my best friends. Wow. Like we see her all the time. Um her I'm Aunt Rachel to her daughter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's you know, very special. Um, and like it's so interesting. Like I met her at Here in Valley. Um it's so interesting. Like I don't know if that's like a typical thing where um, yeah like relationships just last a long time mm-hmm. so maybe I'm just lucky I don't know if it's like that for everybody who goes through community probably not but um it was one way that it was like kind of amazing yeah
1: and beneficial for me okay. I definitely, definitely think like community fosters the opportunity for that you know like I agree it definitely yeah. has a lot that um a lot of the environment and circumstances are geared towards building relationships. Mm-hmm. So if they yeah. can extend past, you know, whether you stay in community or not, I think that maybe that part's a little more 50 50, but I do think that like, yeah, totally. Like, I think that is a very community specific thing to have those kind of really strong Mm -hmm. long lasting relationships.
2: Yeah, I definitely have a couple of those myself. So Mm -hmm. I think that that's true. Um, You mentioned that you and one of your really good friends from growing up are you guys are teachers. Um, Yeah. I'm wondering if you don't mind telling us a little bit about what you're passionate about teaching um, and how you got into that yeah um i needed a job after i graduated
0: (laughs) so i started doing oh my friend was like hey come work at my school um and i started doing a summer camp there i was like pregnant and by the end of the summer i was like huge (laughs) and i'm trying to do this like summer camp with uh, lower elementary kids and but my co-teacher was very kind to me and took care of me (laughs) um and i remember like every time i had a break i would like just go and lay on the floor and take a nap um (laughs) And so anyway, I got started there. I, after my son was born um, and I tried to go back to work, they hired me back as an assistant in the toddler room. And I was like, I don't know about this. (laughs) I don't think I like toddlers. (laughs) I mean, I don't know what to do. Um, It's a lot of sitting on the floor and stuff, but (laughs) they, it was really, I mean, it didn't take very long. I just, I like, fell in love with this like way of life is so beautiful and based on like um just meeting basic human needs like both physically and emotionally um and like that's the whole job is like I I'm still doing that <laughs> and my son is 11 now so it's been 11 years I've been working with toddlers um and they like the toddlers like teach me a lot like they're They're just such like loving and forgiving people. And like every day is new. And um, they're really just trying to figure out like who they are, like what their boundaries are. Like they're learning that they're not part of mom and dad. They're actually a separate person. Mm -hmm. And they're like really learning that bodily autonomy Mm -hmm. and how to communicate and have relationships. And all of that develops in the first three years of life. It's like the foundation of all of your relationships forever are begun in the first three years of life. And it's just, it's such a privilege and so beautiful to watch it all unfold. And they just, I mean, I'm there to guide them and help them, but they do it all themselves. Like they, they're very capable and um, amazing human beings who like really show you like what humanity is capable of. So
1: I love my job, clearly. <laughs> I love hearing you talk about um, it.
2: Me too. <laughs> You've just really lit
1: up. It's inspiring. <laughs> yeah. Aww. It's inspiring and it's also, I mean, yeah, it's immensely powerful. Like the work you're doing and also just that kind of recognition of how important those years are. And um how, you know, like you said, they're doing it themselves, right? And you're kind of guiding mm-hmm. and that's beautiful. That's like, I think, kind of ideal. Um, but I think sometimes, you know, toddlers have a bit m- like more direct guidance or heavier guidance in in mm-hmm. determining who they are or are not. Um, I guess I wonder if you could speak at all to like, why your philosophy is more that you're guiding and they are doing the developing and working doing it.
0: Yeah. That's, I mean, that's how our brains work. Um, so I'm a Montessori teacher. Oh, cool. (laughs) And, um, a lot of that, uh, like what Maria Montessori developed for her method, um, was really just based on observation. She just observed children. Um, and it's everything pretty much everything that she kind of came up with with her philosophy or her conclusions have been backed up by research now like these are the things that are like being reconfirmed um in in like uh research in education and child development and i kind of forgot what your question was but I could talk about this for hours. <laughs> Can you repeat the question? Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> Where was well, going I didn't with that? ask it very clearly either. I guess oh. um, if, if we're thinking about helping toddlers grow in through a method that is more like the Montessori method, right? Like more oh, sure. um, following the child's lead in terms of how mm-hmm. they learn and what they're learning. Um, yeah. What do you think? the alternative to that is and like how do they compare oh sure yeah i mean there's a
0: lot of different ways um to i guess do education um but uh, basically i think what works best for young children from like what i know with my background of early childhood and like development is when it's centered around. The child's needs like their developmental needs or their um and their emotional needs and basically like all the different areas of development you like you develop emotionally cognitively like your problem solving and how your brain works and your language development um and your physical development is huge all of that all of those needs are being met like in an environment Um, that is made for children to learn and thrive and explore. And that's how young children do that, is they they do just explore and they play. Like play is is so important. That's how children learn, Mm -hmm. like through any age. They just have to have those experiences, especially like dramatic play is huge in early childhood.
2: Storytelling.
0: Yes, (laughs) that's how they find out what's Mm -hmm. safe and like what they, like what's okay to do. Yeah, they test their boundaries, they test other people's boundaries, they try to figure <laughs> yeah. out like, what is okay in our society? Yeah. What's gonna be okay? And like, because they really just, they want to be part of a community, mm-hmm. especially children when they become toddlers, they and they realize that they are an individual amongst other people. They're still very self-centered until about three or three and a half, which is very normal and healthy mm-hmm. for all children to start their way. Um, they realize they're part of a larger community and they're other people, and that their f- actions affect other people, and other people's actions affect them. And at that point, they want to be part of a larger group. They want to be part of their community or society. And so, and they want to please the people who they love and who, who love them. So, in general, it's um, when it's centered around that and meeting all of their their developmental needs in those different areas then they're able to do all of that work themselves like mm-hmm. you're giving them opportunities to grow in all those areas mm-hmm. they will do it because they have an intrinsic urge to grow and learn mm-hmm. and become part of this community it's it's very natural <laughs> like yeah. humans want to connect with other people and they will do that as they develop
1: yeah that's awesome, yeah, it's wonderful.
2: I love that you are teaching small children these really big lessons in such a accessible, beautiful way by just allowing them to explore it through play and through storytelling and um, I know you grew up in community, and I'm curious if that um if there was something about community life or um, something you felt you lacked that inspired you to provide that education for kids as as an adult? Yeah, that's
0: yeah. a good question.
2: Um, <laughs> it was a long, convoluted question. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah I think, um, I mean, one thing that I'm actually learning as an adult while working with young children or like have, you know, over the past several years, um is that uh I am a person who can have boundaries and I can say yes or no to things. Mm-hmm. And this is like such a basic lesson that we teach in our classroom. Um we're like we ha- we teach the toddlers you need to ask your friend if you would like to give them a hug and they might say yes and they might say no and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, yeah. and then you know if they say no like oh i'll give you a hug or something like that um there's usually a gentle way of like um reinforcing that and like giving them opportunities to like make those choices and to consent or accept or um deny other people and i don't think that is something that i actually like really learned as a child mm-hmm. um I mean, there was a lot of, like, I think, I mean, across, including in grade school, I think there was a lot of emphasis on like being obedient, Mm -hmm. like an obedient child. Um, and that made you a good child. And when you were disobedient, that was evil. That was basically of Satan. Um, and it kind of connected in a way, it almost connected your self-worth with your actions. Like, in order to be worthy of love or accepted, you need to be an obedient child. Yeah. Um, And that, I mean, I like, looking back on that, I'm like, oh, that's very conditional. (laughs) That's not something that I would want to teach young children, Um, especially knowing what I know now about how their brains work and that we all make mistakes and we all you know we it's important to to make reparations or own up to mistakes that hurt other people or ourselves I think that's really um, certainly very important to teach children and also um it I don't think that it needs to be punitive Mm -hmm. um and I don't think that children need to be considered disobedient or obedient necessarily Um, because I really do believe that children are doing their best in that moment. Um, I really think sometimes they just don't have the right tools to be successful in an interaction or um, in whatever experience they're having, like maybe they make a choice that is harmful to others or themselves and that is something that needs to be addressed. But I don't think that shaming them over it is at all helpful, and it definitely doesn't help children learn because that's not how learning works. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's how scaring works. Yes. <laughs> um, so I don't know if this is the answer to your question. Um, it kind of um, that's what comes up for me when you asked Yeah. So, um, as well as like learning about, like really teaching that lesson to children or about um what is okay for their body, what feels Mm -hmm. good to them. Only they will know deep down, like what feels good or bad to their body. Mm -hmm. And I feel like throughout childhood and um, even into like adolescence and young adulthood, I feel like um, the body was really portrayed as something like that, like we shouldn't trust our own instincts i guess or yeah, our own feelings yeah. like those are not trustworthy we have to ascribe to different rules or standards which by the way were often very vague mm-hmm. <laughs> um as far as oh like yeah. <laughs> there was definitely about like i was definitely taught like how to say no like how to say no to sex forever yes. mm-hmm. until you're for married. Forever, <laughs> I was taught that that was very much drilled in my head I knew it was very important and I was mm-hmm. like okay I will never do that mm-hmm. until I'm married right. and then the
2: conversation yeah. kind of stopped there at least yeah for my I know we went to the same schools yeah so like yeah I know like at different times but um I, I imagine the curriculum was pretty much the same um yeah yeah, I don't remember any conversations about like sex after marriage. Like, wh- how are you supposed no, to yeah. like?
0: Just it was it was gonna be great. It was gonna be fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was like. And Not I, least, I I, mean, okay I wasn't with even like. <laughs> I, there were specific opportunities I think throughout my childhood where I was taught about like such sex education. There was definitely no like consent education or like bodily autonomy education or. Um, it was basically like, um, learning about the anatomy and, uh, I remember that we had like this girl's night at Huron Valley. It was like a sex ed night. You bring your mom. I don't know what you do if you didn't have a mom. Um, -hmm. that's like kind of sad. I don't know. Um, but like they had i remember they had like a slide projector remember those wow yeah <laughs> and they had like the picture of like the body parts i put it up yeah. there and then like some definitions and they try to make it like really nice mm-hmm. I think we had like tea or something or desserts <laughs> and i was just like very uncomfortable the entire time i know <laughs> but i oh, like i didn't know biology class in a way mm-hmm. and then also like And like, I guess we learned about STDs and stuff, Hmm. but I didn't really, we didn't really learn about relationships. Right. And I think that's something that's like so important to teach to young people. Like we need to learn about how to have relationships with other people, Um, how to say yes or no, like how to um, know what you agree with or like know what feels okay to you. Yeah. And what doesn't so that you can say no when you want to. Yeah. Um, instead of just always being told to say no, no matter what, like.
1: Um, or on the flip side to always know. say yes, once you're married, like, I think. Oh, oh, that, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> That's unhealthy too. Right? like it, the phrase that comes to mind <laughs> is like desires <laughs> of the flesh. Right. So there was this idea that oh, like, yeah. people just always, well, maybe not women. Men always want sex. That's all they want. They want it all the time. Mm -hmm. If you do anything to kind of tempt that, you know, shame on you. But then, yeah, it's like, but then once you're married, you can finally do it. And I just imagine all these, like, men who have been taught that they want it all the time and they can't do it. And these women who have been taught men want it all the time. (laughs) And once you're married, you can do it. And I really worry that, like, because consent education doesn't stop once you're in a generally consensual relationship, you know, like you still need to know how to have those boundaries, yeah. how to say what you're comfortable with, how to like, respect yourself and each other, you know? Absolutely. And I, yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that's very important. And yeah, and I don't think, I don't think I was taught that either. Like, I mean obviously i wasn't um and it like it didn't matter that i was a virgin when i got married like i was i was like okay i did everything right right it's it's great Mm -hmm. um but still like carried into my marriage like i feel like i've been married for um I don't know how long. Okay, it like 13 years. <laughs> I think it's been thir- I think it'll be thirteen years this summer. I love it. Um so well, we got married very young. <laughs> which I always imagined that I would want to get married young. Um and and I'm glad I did. Like it's worked out yeah. great. It certainly hasn't for some of my friends who also got married young. Mm. Um like it doesn't work out. I think I'm really lucky that Joe and I are like, we're, I mean, we work, it's hard work to have a relationship forever. Like, I think marriage is not, um, necessarily easy, but it's good. And we're both growing and like, we stay together. And I mean, that's, it works well for us. Mm -hmm. Like, um, and where was I going with this? Trying to remember. (laughs) Oh, like, so going into that, though, I think I wasn't really given an idea, first of all, like, what sex would even be like, Mm -hmm. I had no idea. That was news to me. Um, And also, like, it had been, like, 20 was I 22? when I got married. So 22 years, like being told that my flesh is like, basically, not really good. Mm -hmm. um I can't trust my body Mm. and um like somehow I'm supposed to find pleasure in that afterward and yeah I like it was it's I mean it's like how can you let yourself experience pleasure when you're being told that pleasure is evil yeah like it just it feels yeah like it carries a lot of shame in it. So that's been like something that I had to carry into marriage and then work through. Like, I guess, I mean, I also, I had anxiety for other reasons too, but um, actually after the pandemic, I started therapy and that was great. Oh, like it helped a lot of different Aww. things in my life. Turns out lots of people would benefit from therapy. Um, it has really like it brought up issues that I didn't even know I had I didn't even know that I was experiencing shame or anxiety like I didn't know that's what that was I thought that was just like me I don't know not being good enough or not trying hard enough Mm -hmm. um and actually it's just like that was a panic attack oh yeah (laughs) that's what that was (laughs) Um. So, I guess I'm being very vague. No, I'm actually, gonna, I was no, gonna say, talk about my husband you know, in public. I, I was
1: gonna <laughs> say thank you for you know yeah. being vulnerable and sharing that um, because oh, yeah, it is um a relief to hear someone say out loud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh yeah. You know, like, <laughs> you know, as someone who is, I'm. 32 about to get married but I live with my fiance and you know haven't been married before and I have always wondered like because I remember thinking that when I was younger like well if I just get married when I'm 23 does it just go like does that feeling of it being bad just go away like yeah. It felt like something there must be some like magical shift where like or like you and your partner will just be so connected that it will be fine. You know like mm-hmm. I it, it was always very confusing to me. Um and I think when I've asked it of other people, not that I have a lot, but a lot of the time it's sort of like, well, you know, you figure it out and so it's just really nice to yeah. Uh it's refreshing I mean, for you know that you were able to be so vulnerable about it so thank you oh
0: you're welcome yeah um i'm realizing as i like go with a lot of shame i'm actually not a very private person (laughs) (laughs) i think i like i'm kind of i don't know i just like overshare a lot (laughs) you're here here. i think my husband (laughs) is a private person so i respect him for that but um (laughs) yeah i it's interesting um like what you were saying like wondering if it would go away i don't know i don't think it i'm sure i'm not the only person with this experience right and yeah you work it out with your spouse if you are both committed and want to do that and it's a yeah you feel like your relationship is in a healthy place um Mm -hmm. then you can work it out because you're adults and you're capable of communicating and the more you communicate the better (laughs) or if you go to therapy that's (laughs) great too you know There's like, there's ways
2: to like,
0: you can learn tools to be able, Mm -hmm. I think, to have a successful relationship Mm -hmm. with another person. Um, Yeah. And it doesn't happen magically. Um, Right. And I don't think that we really, truly expect it to, I guess. So it's, um, yeah, I don't know. It's such a, this is like a very Pervasive, like, way that I mean, the I guess it's like the whole purity culture, whatever it's called, um, where mm-hmm. like it's really abstinence is taught, but relationships mm-hmm. and building relationships and communication is not taught. And I think, right, humans really just need to learn how to communicate with each other, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. it yeah. and it all
2: centers on that oh go ahead ahead. oh i was gonna say in fact communication between like unfortunately they all assumed that every romantic relationship and endeavor would be a straight relationship but you know communication was always discouraged between the opposite sex and then and then dating was always discouraged and then it was just like and then you'll meet somebody and in a month you'll be engaged and you'll get married Free for all. You'll be great, and you'll you'll know exactly what to do. And then, oh, no. Like, where is yeah. the training ground? How? Oh, no. No. Yeah. It's.
1: Oh. Yeah. And I think, like you said, there was, um, I think you said there was like a, you call it a sponsor couple for you and your yeah. husband. So yeah. So that's cool. Like, I mean, it sounds like there are, it sounds, they're not oblivious to that you know like maybe they're trying to be like okay and then in this year leading up to it you'll prepare but going back to what you said about toddlers like zero Mm -hmm. to three is where we learn these things and these lessons started really young for all of us so i think then no matter where you end up whether you follow the rules and you get married and you do it the quote unquote right way or you have a loving, serious relationship, but it's not like within the boundaries you were taught or you have lots of partners or whatever. Like it's, yeah, yeah. that shame is there for all of yeah. us. And it's, yeah. that is really telling to me that it's not about the rules <laughs> and whether or not you follow them. It's about like mm-hmm. the, the this autonomy and the boundaries and the, the right to, choose what we want to do with our bodies
0: yeah yeah I think that's a really um I mean that's very powerful yes like what you said um I think we really we have to in order to freely love other people and be able to give of ourselves freely we have to be able to choose that and Mm -hmm. I really believe that's what Jesus taught us Mm -hmm. in the gospel and I don't I don't think that Um, making it about rules and like whether or not you're following the rules well enough, or if you're good enough or worthy enough in your actions and behavior, I think all of that makes it very high stakes.
1: Yeah.
0: um, And puts a lot of shame in place when you are not perfect. And we know that we are not perfect. Mm -hmm. We are humans and we make mistakes. And when all of that pressure to be perfect and to perform that way is in place, then the alternative to not performing that way is feeling ashamed and not feeling good enough. And I really, I really hope for, I mean, for the young people that I work with and just for everyone, I just really hope that they know that they are worthy of being loved full stop. That's it. And then also, um, they they can make mistakes and they can be imperfect, and there is no shame in that. Yeah. I think that's humanity, <laughs> um, and we're gonna get back up and try again. Um, I think that's I think that's really. I mean, honestly, that's the message I think of the gospel is that Jesus is. He loves us, full stop, and he wants us to try again to do better, Mm -hmm. um, to be the best version of ourself we can try to be,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. um, or just like an okay version and working on it, you know, like (laughs) that's okay too. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's as high stakes as we put all that pressure on. I don't, I really don't think it is.
1: Yeah.
2: I agree. Yeah. Do you have any like ideas or thoughts that come to mind? Say somebody was hearing this and they don't know community very well. Where these ideas came from? Where they? For me, when I think about it, it's kind of like it was this unspoken. Like men are the ones after pleasure. Women are the ones who are just kind of there to not be tempting, and like just I don't know. (laughs) This is how I perceived it. It, This is totally my perception. Um, But for you, did you have any, like, memories of specific talks or, like, things that were said to you that instilled these ideas or reinforced them?
0: Um, I think it, I'm sure there were things said or insinuated along the way. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, you know, I'm really not gonna even point fingers at anybody like honestly we're all doing our best (laughs) like yeah i love my parents and like all my friends parents like man they were they really they loved us so much and they were really working hard to raise us um and this was like the broader culture that they were a part of this was like really i was gonna say
1: like this was the 80s bigger than yeah yeah yeah, Yeah. it's bigger than any
0: one family or even one community or Mm -hmm. school like it was it's big it's very pervasive Mm -hmm. and um I mean there were there were so many like illustrations I'll say um and I remember what like hearing other people describe these but also like I literally listened to a youth group leader say that having sex was like putting a piece of tape on somebody and ripping it off. And every time you stick the tape on someone and rip it off, it becomes less sticky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're, you're, every time you have sex with someone, you become less sticky. <laughs> and you can't, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, first of all, that's weird. But um,
1: Man.
0: I get it, it's an it's an analogy. Um, and I think what they're going for is like, you can't have a good relationship with someone, unless it's like the first time you had sex with is with them. And then that relationship is able to stick. But if either of you were did not wait until marriage, like that's that is the thing that's gonna ruin your marriage and make that relationship not stick. Right. Um and like, whoa, that's high stakes. Yes. That's like really high stakes. Um and like I know that not to be true mm-hmm. with many couples that I know. Right. <laughs> um But also just like I thought about, I mean, think about that as an adult later, like, I just really feel like illustrations like that are unhelpful because they really objectify us and our bodies. And I think that's inappropriate. Right. I don't think that we are like objects. I don't think sexuality is like an object. I think it's, um, I really think of like sexuality as your relationship with yourself um and who you are and something that you're able to gift to someone else if you want to be intimate with them and i think that is really not a piece of tape um (laughs) yeah that just doesn't make sense to me so it i mean it's it's really so much more nuanced than Mm -hmm. that um because relationships are nuanced and people are nuanced. Um, We're not like, binaries, we are humans, and we have complex thoughts and feelings, sometimes many all at the same time. That's also very normal. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think when I mean, obviously, that no pun intended, that stuck with me, that <laughs> illustration. <laughs> I did not ever forget it. Yeah. Um but I think that was um in a way very harmful to to teach young people that um like to objectify them like that yeah. and tell them that um they can't come back from something like that. They can't choose a different way to live after mm-hmm whatever choices they've made, like, it's really, I, I mean, Jesus didn't do that either. <laughs>
2: like he would not have taught that. I know. Um, so Mary Magdalene was his best bud. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, yeah. it's interesting too, that like, for me, I remember so much like the concept of virginity was such a big deal. And like, oh then yeah. for me, my concept of virginity was started to change and then i like started pushing the boundaries of what it was and then think that that was a common experience for a lot of people was like well as long as we're not having penetrative sex then we're in the clear and like everything (laughs) else is on the table and it was just i don't know i felt like that was really confusing too and like the conversations Mm -hmm. around like the details of intimacy were all really just so shamed that you didn't feel safe asking questions about them. Like, oh, yeah, I yeah. had there was like an open question box in one of our theology classes, and I was constantly putting questions <laughs> about sex. And they a because few time, we were curious. Yeah. <laughs> curious, and I was, yeah, yeah and it yeah. was so not talked about that it became like what is this taboo thing that everybody is afraid of? And why aren't we talking yeah. about it? And like, it became yeah. very interesting. Yeah. As I think is want to happen in that situation. And, um, yeah. And it like in those question boxes and theology classes, like they sometimes would throw them out oh, no. and they'd be like, someone else put this in here. Like one of the seniors did it. Cause this is a freshman class and no one, no one knows what masturbation is in freshman year. And like, Whoa. And it was just like, <sighs> how am I supposed to like learn about this when the shame is so like you said pervasive and coming from yeah. all directions and like you said yeah everybody's doing their best and I'm sure that everyone has their own shame about it and that's why they're you know teaching those things but I don't yeah. know it's just it's it was very tricky and like growing up and being not religious anymore it's still there like Mm you like we were talking about in the beginning like yeah it's um definitely something that i think is a common experience unfortunately yeah yeah
1: and i think the um what you said about it being really high stakes is kind of a like differentiating factor to me because Yeah, like a lot of this is societal. A lot of it is just general culture. It's like sex is taboo and, you know, we don't talk about these things and women don't want it anyway. And, you know, these are all like kind of general ideas. (laughs) But when you attach to that, like, and you're going to hell and there's no way back. or And, you know, it's like I think that's when it becomes really damaging and also, of course, makes it higher stakes for the people who were raising us too because they're like yeah. oh my god i don't Are want so my kid, kid to go oh, to hell yeah. you know like yeah. of course they felt so right. determined to do anything to make us not have sex before we were married right. you know yeah right. that's that's horrifying yeah, yeah. so yeah i mean i can understand it it doesn't mean yeah. it's okay that right. we had to go through it or that we're dealing with it now but i understand that
0: Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think it's really, it is fine and beautiful for someone to choose to like, wait to have sex or like really make that choice for how they want to be intimate with someone. I think I really support that. And I think that is beautiful. It's something that's, I mean, in my Catholic faith that is like,
1: Mm yeah,
0: it's a really big deal. Um, and also like, I think there are a lot of beautiful things about it. Um, and i also think that i don't know that we're setting up young people to be able to do that successfully in like a healthy way where they feel like they are the ones choosing that and want that for themselves i think that we were kind of scared into doing that yeah or threatened into doing it. Which I mean, I feel like I would have done that anyway. Like I would have been happy to wait for Joe. Yeah. Like yeah. but like I don't know like what it would have been like if I didn't also have to have all of that anxiety right. and fear yeah. like weigh on me. Um it just it was so much pressure. And I yeah. think I mean that very possibly was why we got married so young. We didn't want to wait too long, right? Yeah. Um like i wonder how many couples get married that young because of that yeah um to at least be able to be close to each other and intimate um without being shamed or uh, judged yeah Yeah.
2: um carrying the guilt yeah
1: yeah so i I don't know i guess i totally i was just gonna say i totally agree like i think it can be like monogamy it can be so beautiful and so great and like I, I remember our mom talking about this a lot she would always like at least when I was an older teenager she would say like everyone's talking about like why you shouldn't have sex and like all these scary things but it's like so cool to wait and it's like I she really <laughs> wanted more people to talk about that so Oh, this one's for you, mom. <laughs> yeah, but, no, perfect. Yeah. But it just I, mean, I mean, I think that okay. is true. Like, yeah, talk more about why it's good to yeah. wait, and less right, about right. Why it's bad not to. Like, exactly. That's all you need to do.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: I don't know. And like, why? Like, why? What are good parts of relationships yeah. instead of like scaring? um different genders away from each other like maybe yeah. we can talk about all the different ways we can have relationships with people and um yeah that is that's a huge lesson i think that is even lacking in like the entire american culture right like, <laughs> right i mean like even like the movies or whatever like they they're such limited examples of how to have a relationship
2: yeah and <laughs> oh my gosh how so much mm-hmm.
0: so it's like it's really refreshing when you watch a movie where there's like no romantic interest at right. all
2: you're mm-hmm. like oh these are just like people working together yeah. getting along yeah having Making good relationships friends.
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> right yeah. Like
2: different kind of intimacy and it's beautiful yes
0: yeah. yeah 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 i think there's there's definitely like in the human experience like the relationships that god gives us i think there's so much space to have so many different kinds of relationships mm-hmm. and it's just really um it really limits us to like not talk about
1: that yeah um in general so i agree yeah yeah i just want to thank you again for doing this and for being so mm-hmm. open and vulnerable and <laughs> literally just makes me take a deep breath to be able to oh. have an open conversation about sex with three people coming from different <laughs> perspectives and mm-hmm. just like hearing each other on how to make it better for kids coming up like yep i don't know that just got to talk about it very about- happy yeah so, thank yeah. you
2: we talk about it in our thank house a you. lot yeah. it's very open <laughs> i love that <laughs> Man, I feel like I could talk to you for a whole another hour. <laughs> oh, right. um,
0: that's kind. <laughs> I'm like loving. I'm loving this. Aww. I love talking. I love you. it too. I'm <laughs> yeah. so grateful that you had me here today. So Aww. thank you. Yeah, <laughs> thank
1: you. And Jackie, Is we there... finally got our episode about sex.
0: Oh, what? <laughs> oh, <good>. Wow, you <laughs> have been waiting for this. Yeah, we, we waited. you have been waiting for this. All conversation. right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow! I feel very special now.
2: You are. <laughs> Well, thank you again for coming on. And um, hopefully we'll get to the point where we can start like bringing people back on and we can just have more conversations. Cause again, mm. like, I think this is, I've been thinking about that since like day one, like, okay, once we hit episode 50, yes. we we'll start doing weekly. <laughs> okay. Yes, yes, I, will, like I would <laughs> love to hear yeah, more
0: from many or any of your guests really. Uh, yeah everyone had great
2: things to share yeah Yeah, everybody is amazing um
0: i just really appreciate like all the storytelling that you do i think i mean like you were saying earlier like that's how we learn yeah we really learn from like telling stories and hearing other perspectives and like i know my experience is like i don't think that necessarily applies to everyone i mean I'm really just speaking from my own experience. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. I mean, and it's something like, I love hearing what other people say or
2: like what they went through. I think that's really the only way we can learn. Yeah, um, Yeah, I think it's yeah. the way that humans historically are the best able to empathize with other people is to hear singular yeah. narrative story. Yeah. Once you start hearing like groups of people like you could be five people, ten people, your empathy actually starts to dwindle. It starts getting harder to empathize. So wow, if you tell great. a single narrative, it's much easier for
1: someone to really connect with it. So thank you for for telling yours. Jackie dropping Aww. knowledge bombs. <laughs> I know, that was good. <laughs> that's legit. Yeah.
2: And wow. That little nugget in good old film school. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Aww. Love it. Um, I love it. that's so great. Thanks again. And um to everybody listening, thank you so much for tuning in. Tuning in. in. And, um, <laughs> tuning in that dial. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> the ones and <laughs> um and uh please rate, review, subscribe, download the episode, mm-hmm. share. Um Let's know what you uh, thought.
1: I love it yeah, when people comment, comment and um, are like, online. "Oh, this made me think of this." I love I love when there's like discussion around the episodes and I know yeah. Rachel, I won't speak for you, but I know some <laughs> some other guests have really appreciated that also. So. Oh, yeah. Well, nice that's meal. how I met you both. Yeah. So, yes,
0: exactly. <laughs> and so how much we love Thanks for it. responding <laughs> to me. It's amazing. yeah. Oh, yeah. So great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. right. It's amazing. Well, I hope you guys have a really good rest of your night. You and too. Um, you too. Evie, we, uh, we, Genevieve, we came up with a sign off, didn't oh, we? Oh,
1: yeah. Um, what is it? Do something nice for yourself.
2: And if you're feeling shitty, do something nice for somebody else.
1: Oh, Bye. Bye. it does help. Bye. <laughs>